Yo, 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 what's up? It's your boy, Henry. And it's your girl, Elise. And we are two Asian baristas who are reorienting specialty coffee and rethinking Robusta by representing Asian cultures. And we're back. Back. Well, no, we already did that. We can't remember to do it twice. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Baby, been... we're back. You can blame it all on me. You really can't because honestly. Summon, summon, summon. You really can't. It's been two months. Did you two know? Two months. It's been over two months since we've done our last I episode. I had a birthday. So, I'm going to have then. a birthday. Yeah, you're going. <laughs> well, well, as most of you know, we both moved and then just so much frick happened. And we Henry, both. Henry competed? I competed at the United States AeroPress Champs. Yes. Shout out to Tinker Coffee and Alec if you're listening. Yeah, really cool experience. Um, I So if you guys follow our Instagram, ironically, I got paired up with two of my good friends. Because the way that they <clears throat> they did the bracket, that you, you went up against the people. They put it in order, mm-hmm. right? So if I was the first person to sign up, I'd go against second and third. Mm-hmm. So me and my two coworkers in my old shop, we all signed up at the same time so we get there and when we see the bracket on the screen of like us three we just start dying laughing um but then our yeah i know and then but our cover manager who ended up beating us in the first round ended up getting to the finals and he got in second place yeah shout out to austin yeah she did great and i was like i I was like you know if i lost to anybody i'd only want to lose to austin or steve absolutely so i (laughs) i was like i do not want to lose to a random kid there Well, yeah, so Henry competed in the AeroPress Champions. I moved uh, officially. I also just recently got a job at um, Blanchard's Coffee Roasters in Richmond, Virginia. So if you find yourself in Richmond, come visit me at Blanchard's. Um, And Goose Cup. Yeah, Henry's doing some super dope stuff at Goose Cup up in Leesburg. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, spe- it's new, but it's like a specialty coffee shop. It's also like a specialty cocktail bar. And like, we're doing this weird, like, vinyl player thing like like scratching records on the weekends and yeah that's like, so dope <laughs> yeah i know and like we don't have outlets and stuff so it's it's a very unique shop that is kind of doing something different even yeah, it, yeah they also serve alcohol so if you want the alcohol too mm, dude espresso martinis are actually like my favorite thing now. really i never thought i would like them but now i'm kind of into them that's crazy um but yeah so we're back and uh <clears throat> if you've been following us on our instagram we're back with a very special episode talking about the Philippines. Dude, I, I've, this episode is like probably my favorite. Yeah. It's... We haven't even finished recording it, obviously, but. <laughs> we found out so much cool information and it's just, it's time. It's time to, to share. Um, so Henry, can you kick us off with our barista of the week? Yes, barista of the week. And so this is actually kind of a sad one. Mm-hmm. Um, the barista of the week's name is John Michael Hermoso from Good Cup Coffee in Cebu City in, um, in the Philippines. And the reason why I say it's sad is that unfortunately this, he was, John was shot and killed on April 11th, 2019. And we were like, you know, let's honor uh, this guy who's unfortunately passed away. And these were some of his credentials, but and it's a lot. So in 2014, he won the Phil- he won the Philippine Krispy Kreme latte art, which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're sponsored. Um, yeah, and he also got in second place later that year, and another like another round, I guess. He got in third place in 2016 and 2017 at the Cebu Food and Beverage Latte Art Throwdown. He got in fourth place in 2018 at Brewers Cup with the Philippines. He got in first place at the San Remo Latte Art Throwdown. And then in 2019, he is the Philippines National Brewers Cup champion. That's amazing. So, yeah. unfortunately, nine days before he was going to fly out for Brewers Cup, like 
nationals, like world or world world champions. He was killed. Wow. Um, a guy like came into his shop and they caught the guy. It was really I'm happy they did that. But it was really sad because it yeah. was like right before he was gonna go compete. And yeah. a lot of the articles I read about John, there was another. Uh, I can't. I didn't write the name down, but there was another man that was killed that worked at the coffee shop too at Good Coffee, Good Cup Coffee. They were just known as like these guys. And he was young, he was like twenty one. These guys oh love coffee. Like whenever people in the Philippines in that area in Cebu, they were like, John is like the the, the coffee dad. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was really sad, and I was like, you know what? Even though he unfortunately passed away, let's celebrate the con- the contributions he made to the coffee community in the Philippines. Because yeah. the fact that people still talk about him, like, yeah. and remember, kind of like. The impact he had and the fact that he that he was a freaking National Brewers Cup champion his second year competing. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So, John. It's incredible. John, rest in peace. Um, and, yeah, so, like Henry said, we just want to honor him, take a moment real quick. Um, and especially because the coffee community is kind of small, we're realizing, and then especially, like, the Asian coffee community. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sure there's probably tons of people who are going to listen to this episode or are listening now who may have heard of John um, or may know him. So, um, rest in peace, John, and we appreciate all that you've done for the Philippines. Um, on a more light, lighter note, uh, we are so happy to announce that we have released a collaboration bag with Out of Office Roasters based in like Long Beach, California. Yo, yo, it's so cool. It's so cool. So if you've been following us on our social medias, you have definitely seen what the bag looks like. Um, I actually designed it, so um, I feel very proud to say that I, I designed it. I am by no means a graphic designer. I just like to draw for funsies. And so um, in this collaboration, um, I had the opportunity to kind of represent AZ and Coffee Co. and design the bag. So um, yeah, so it is a Philippines uh, Sitio Nagui um, bag. And here is the bag. We're just going to read off of some of the notes on it um maple lime pine nuts it is it is a wash and so when i was brewing it we did it on a origami dripper at home and wow it legit rest in peace my origami that we dropped a couple months ago (laughs) rest in peace (laughs) henry's third origami or however many (laughs) it's fine i just have bad luck (laughs) but you guys this Oh, it's, it's so cool. This is actually my first time having coffee from the Philippines, like grown in the Philippines. I think I think that's for me too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when we, well, we'll talk about it in a minute. Like I had never, before we met with Out of Office, I had never mm-hmm. had coffee from the Philippines. Yeah. Um, but for those of you that don't know, October is actually Filipino American Heritage Month um, in the United mm. States. So we're what a better way to celebrate than releasing a bag of Philippines coffee and releasing an episode or two about Philippines coffee. And um, yeah, so Out of Office Roasters, they are this super dope um, roastery, just two folks who started it down in California. Um, and then we're going to kind of let them talk a little bit more about it themselves. Yeah, we we had a, we, we actually met these guys back in June mm-hmm. or May. No, June. June, 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 June. Um, so it... Like back then, so it's the recording is on Zoom. So if if it's kind of hard to hear, that's why. But this mm-hmm. is this is kind of we'll be going to them a lot in this, referring to this interview. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, this is you out of offices transition. Um. So let's like talk about. I'm so curious about you. Like, can you tell me a little <laughs> bit more about like out of office and like what what's your guys' like vision? Like, what are you guys all about? So we're actually in like the right in the middle of a rebrand, but um, I'll just start with out of office. But like out of office, like right now, it, it's um, the concept right now 
or like what you see right now is like the vacation feels of like setting like a out of office email mm -hmm. right and so like that kind of feeling associated with that and like office obviously office feels um and that but we're like shifting gears a little bit because we want to like i don't feel like it says enough honestly um and so right now we're shifting from like to be like the office being like you're a cog in the wheel like you're um like stuck in a box and it's like you're like i don't know if you have that feeling of just like oh like i'm just like part of the system <laughs> like i'm just like doing and it's also <laughs> like right and it's just like i am not doing anything right and it's just like or like uh, or like an asian culture like i grew up you know and it's like my parents like told me to become a doctor lawyer engineer right and it's just like they put you in this box and like you put these walls up right like the whole like bamboo ceiling and like all that stuff and so out of office is like representing like coming out of that coming out of the office right and like being like your own person like knowing your own values and like whatever your impression ends up being right like to be that you know but just like know that you're not stuck right mm -hmm. so just come out of the office and so like we're like our initial, like when we actually launch, which we hopefully like rebrand launch, well, hopefully at the end of June, is we're partnering up with like a bunch of <laughs> Asian American artists. And so like, if you think of like a coffee bag, right? Like, so the back three sides will be office, out of office branded, but the front is like intentionally left like white and blank. And then the artists will create like a sticker for the front because to, like highlight them. Nope. Cause it's like artists and like Asian culture. It's just like, no, I don't know many Asian parents that want their kids to become artists or just uh, parents in general, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. I feel like it's like a very like representative, like feel of like what it means to be out of office and like what it means to us, right. To, to represent that as a brand. Yeah. yeah. And we're back. <laughs> so yeah, that's out of office. Um, that was Jonathan. Um, speaking for out of office, uh, but it's also uh, co-founded by Paul as well. And so um, we're going to link them in our show notes so you can read a little bit more about them, their mission, and also the coffees that they have. Um, but what it's I... cool. Sorry, I like even on their website, it's like ever wonder what like not having nine to five looks like. Yeah, which is like really dope. And like even like the 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 point of our coffee bags. If you heard at the end of that video there, they talked about having designers like do the art and whatnot and yeah. so like even at like our coffee so at least you want to describe your art you did for a moment yeah so i basically just uh drew henry and i sitting on the beach just chilling and um pouring ourselves a cup of coffee actually on an oregon weed dripper um and the point is is that like you know it is it's the common american stereotype especially for like the asian american stereotype to like mm -hmm. have a nine-to-five job and <clears throat> a job that makes you like good money and stuff and while those things are good and important um it doesn't necessarily always coincide with everyone's passion and so henry and i are obviously really passionate about coffee and so um we also wanted to highlight the beaches of the philippines because that's something that um the philippines are known for especially it being like a large archipelago of islands so um yeah it's just henry and i chilling on the beach and we're just having a good time um, expressing our passion of coffee but also that's our our like job um at the same time too and henry wrote a little bit more about the art as well yeah and because uh, you're right like the beach is cool it's relaxing but we're having a cup of coffee there and it's like it's almost like we're doing work on the beach and mm -hmm. so 
kind of the the reason behind the art is that creativity should not be I, I meant to say confined but I actually kind of like that it says confused but <laughs> creativity should not be confused or confined in cubicles creativity happens best when we're most relaxed in order to create a good coffee when we relieve ourselves of pressure stress and frustration and the Philippines are known for the beautiful beaches and for us the beach is the place for our minds to expand and pass the boundaries of just four walls. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great representation, too, of, like, what out of office represents as well. Um, but like I said, we're going to link those in the show notes um, so that you can kind of read more about um, out of office, what they do, and a little bit more about our bag. You can also purchase um, the bag of coffee from out of office directly. We also are selling them on our website as well. So um, we'd love your support. But now it's getting into the good, good history of the, meat. the Philippines. The meat. the meat. We just gave you the sirloin. Now you get the filet mignon. This, the what? The sirloin. Wow, that is not Wait, what I heard you say. The sirloin. What did you think I said? I thought you said sirloin. Sirloin. Is that even a word? It sounds like a, sounds like, a, it's like, a like a weird dish that like my mom would make or something. So, okay, anyway. So, let's talk about the history of coffee. Um, and we're actually also going to refer to uh, our meeting with Out of Office to kind of break down the history of coffee in the Philippines. So um, there may be some overlap of information as well. Okay, I just want to know, so I've never actually, <coughs> I've never actually had coffee from the Philippines. Mm. So when we do film, our, I don't know, like I said, whenever we film an episode, we always buy coffee from yeah. you know, that, that certain country, like the Thai coffee, Vietnamese, and the China one. So I've actually mm. never had coffee from the Philippines, so I'm super excited to try it when we buy it. But I was just wondering, man, what? What sets like Filipino coffee apart, man? What's it like? What's what's the body of the bean like mm. when brewed? Um, it's it's got Philippines has actually been growing coffee since like eighteen hundreds oh, from wow. like from like so it it was Spanish people or I think Spanish friars from Mexico mm. that came to the Philippines, which is like a super like weird like random yeah. route, yeah. right? And super random. I think that. And so, like, they've been growing it forever, which also means that they have, like, the full range of mm. all coffees. So they actually grow, like, all four types of coffee, like the Arabica, Robusta, like the one that starts with the L. Liberia? It's from Liberia. The one, and then the, the one that sounds like Excalibur. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah, it has the full range. Um, the stuff, the coffee we have that we bought um, from Calzada is like more on like the lighter side, and so like more fruity flavors and like a, like a, less of a body, right? So like more, it's not going to have as much of a mouthfeel as like a, and feel heavier. It's going to feel really light, and like we're going for like lighter, refreshing, you know, that sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But it, it literally has the full range. <laughs> like... wow. So there's actually not that much historical documentation about the history of coffee in the Philippines or, or where it started, but there is a myth, um, or several myths rather. Um, and one famous one is about how a Franciscan monk um, brought approximately two kilos of Arabica beans into the country and planted them in his garden. Um, it's like a that really sounds like like a weird like a folklore yeah tale. it's like yeah. a legend it's like the legend of coffee the legend of coffee in the Philippines also sorry if you hear background noise that's my dog that I recently adopted um so oh credit is the dog's name no it's not it's Odette and Henry was like oh like oh no I'm in debt <laughs> and so now her nickname is O credit so <laughs> um anyway 
Um, but regardless, by the 1800s, coffee trees were found in the northern city of Lipa, Batangas, and in the province of Bulacan. So um, its propagation was encouraged by friars, actually, weirdly enough, um, who then furthered the care and cultivation of those trees. And so coffee plantations really flourished under the Spanish colonial rule. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Spain colonized the Philippines. Um, so in 1828, the Spanish Economic Societies of Friends of Manila, that's a mouthful, name, <laughs> offered a prize to anyone who would plant and ripen 60,000 square feet of coffee. That's roughly equivalent to about 6,000 coffee trees. And so Paul de la Guironniere um, transformed Whoa. his property in Halahala, I think. It's in Rizal. Um, into a fertile plantation and won. So he won Woo! a prize. So he actually won, I think, 10,000 pesos. Yeah, or something Whoa. like that at the I don't, time. I don't know the currency. I don't know the currency. I mean, it's also back in like 1800, so it could be very different. Yeah. But And then because of that, like 40 years later, the Philippines was reputed to be the fourth largest exporter of coffee beans, which like, I don't know if that's still the current. Mm-hmm. Is that still the current? No, uh, but it's I haven't. Been, yeah. Which is just wild. And then it's, but then because of a steep rise in coffee prices and coffee scarcity afforded Lipa a price advantage. But then, like most countries, when the coffee rust hit, Brazil, Africa, and Java, it became the only source of coffee beans worldwide. Which is weird to think. I think the coffee rust has come up in pretty much every episode. Um, So the prime time for the Philippines only lasted three years because an infestation and agricultural shift took place. So yeah, so it's probably not the fourth largest right now. Yeah. What's so interesting, though, because like... That was in the late 1800s, but you know, you think about the history of coffee, and a lot of the times you only hear about the influence of South America or like Africa or even like the West Indies and stuff. Which but, is good coffee. Yeah, oh, yeah oh, amazing. Just, but it's uh, just interesting that we just never really hear about the influence. I like I didn't even know that the Philippines grew coffee until probably like the last two years. Same. Which is just crazy. Um, and yet there was a moment in time where it was the main source of coffee beans worldwide. Like the Philippines was the source because all those other countries were experiencing coffee rust. Rust disease. And even like with that, that was just because coffee was so new to an extent, like no one really knew how to handle rust disease. And now right. that people kind of have a better grasp on it. Right, exactly. That's so wild. And even, you know, so. Yeah. So during the 1950s, the Philippine government, along with the help of um, the United States, brought in more resistant variety of coffee, which we all know as Robusta. Um, It was also then that instant coffee was being produced commercially, and so it increased the demand for beans. And so because of favorable market market conditions, uh, a lot of farmers went back to growing coffee in the 1960s, farmers in the Philippines. So the sudden proliferation of coffee farms resulted in a surplus of beans around the world, and for a while, importation of coffee was banned in order to protect local coffee producers, which I have mixed feelings about this because in a way I'm kind of like, oh good, like they're protecting local farmers, but at the same time too, it's like, oh sad, like we didn't get to share it with everybody. So Yeah, like what's uh, what's the balance of like like honoring the right. farmers, but also like like letting the farmers product like be known around the world. Right. You yeah. know, because if they have an incredible product, but right. it's like like I always said I like, coffee is meant I saw this Instagram post, like do you prefer coffee alone or with friends and i'm like i think coffee is meant to be shared i love having friends over and letting them experience me making them coffee or like like literally at least has like six like (laughs) ten bags of coffee behind her right now that like people have given to us graciously yeah and i was like hey you're gonna share that right (laughs) yeah almost certainly there's no way i'm gonna drink this all by myself but that's the point and that's the origins and and coffee black talks about that a lot too like the origins of where coffee came from anyway like the meaning behind it anyway yeah so um 
But yeah, so in in 1960, um, huh. a government act was introduced to prohibit coffee importation. Um, so aided by this, the Philippines produced enough coffee for domestic consumption and export until the collapse of the International Coffee Agreement in 18, 1989. Which I don't know much about that. I'm going to look that up after this. Yeah, so so oh, I, I know it. that the there's... So I was actually researching this earlier. So there's two different... I see something. So there's the ICO, which is the International Coffee Organization. And then within that, there's the International Coffee Agreement, which collapsed. And basically what that was, was just like um, an, an international agreement about exporting and importing coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they just couldn't reach a consensus. So it collapsed in 89, <laughs> which is crazy. So, wow. and the Philippines didn't join the ICO until 1982. I think so, so like, they weren't into that long right until it yeah collapsed. right exactly so um a lot of support for coffee production was really scarce up until 2002 um until the establishment of the philippine coffee board incorporated which is now still in, in effect yeah so. and that pretty much that's like the history of it but that kind of leads us to like the current culture right. of, of filipino coffee so you've seen the philippines have, have had coffee for a while with a it's like one of those, it's almost like a superhero where they have like different variations to like a character's origin. Like, mm. it's kind of like a lost major quote. But it's like, it's like, we, what's the actual origin? We don't know. Was it monks? Was it the traitors? Did it magically come out of nowhere? Yeah. Uh, but it's cool. I think regardless of whatever legend is, is true, it's it's really cool to see that it's there now. And just like Elise was saying, the, the PCBI or the Philippine Coffee Board Incorporated is a private sector-led group established in 2002. Uh, as the National Coffee Development Board. The goal of the PCBI, and this is like their goal, is to develop and promote the Philippine coffee industry through technical assistance and credit programs for coffee farmers and through marketing and promotions of coffee for domestic and export markets. So they, they really try to help train farmers. They really try to help promote coffee. And if you if you this is from their website, so I'm quoting it all. Their vision is developing fine robustas and promoting specialty arapicas but then their mission overall is to unify the fragmented Philippine coffee industry into an engine of economic growth through grading. Um, so, like a recent Cape Filipino green, a recent Cape Filipino green coffee quality grading competition was held at Cavet State University in 2017. So this resulted in arabicas and arbustas that scored over 80, which on a that's, cupping table, over 80 is like, yeah. it's going to happen if you're doing supposed to coffee. It should always be over 80 if it's a high quality coffee. So that's good with coffee sourced from around the country, guaranteeing an ongoing interest in Philippine specialty coffee. Um, so that's like, so when, they, when their mission is to unify the fragmented Philippine coffee industry, grading and through that competition was like what played a part into fulfill that mission. So I think a lot of companies just have a mission, mm-hmm. but here it's like, hey, this is like how they're um, achieving that mission. And so this this twenty this this coffee competition, which is the Philippine Coffee Quality Competition or the PCQC, is the Philippines' most prestigious annual competition for the best Filipino coffee. The mm-hmm. the PCQC is an annual green coffee competition that seeks to increase the consciousness of Filipino farmers on coffee quality encourages them to improve their competitiveness um, in the domestic and international market. So they literally hold this competition every year. Awesome. And so that, and then that way that helps QC graders like with their palates. And then when people realize that Filipino coffee is good, they're going to be interested in buying it more. And if they weren't interested in buying it more then the farmers were like, Oh, we need to work with the, with the organizations to get better. So it's just, it's almost like this, 
this wheel of like getting better every single year, especially based yeah. on the competition. And so this year, this year's champion is a specialty Arabica category, Mar Mar Marlitas Arellano from the Mount Apollo range in Midinano. I'm sorry if I'm saying this. Midinano. So you're better at this because you're actually are Filipino. I am Filipino. <laughs> Attributes her first place win to the good agricultural practices that she learned from the Philippine Coffee Advancement and Farm Enterprise, or Phil Cafe, a program funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and implemented by other groups. And so it that's like, if you guys don't realize, I literally just named off four different groups, basically, with four different acronyms, and all four of these are have different goals and different missions to help Filipino farmers. Yeah, which is incredible because... Like we said, the Philippines is made up of a chain of islands. There's so many different islands. And so um, there's, and like how Jonathan said earlier, um, there's like at least four different varieties of coffee grown in the Philippines. But because there's so many islands and so many areas that, um, and elevations that things could grow at. Um, and so it's, it is kind of broken both geographically and then I'm sure also like inherently in, yeah. the, in the sense of quality and stuff so all of these organizations are put into place to better and unite all all of these um different coffee varietals that are growing in the philippines which i think is so cool yeah it doesn't seem like especially because i've looked at most of these it doesn't really seem like they're in competition with one another like mm -hmm. you said the word unite is a good word they have different mission and different visions like the goal obviously is to make filipino coffee known but the way they achieve that like yeah. some is through training some is through funding some is through helping qc graders quality control graders from other countries like appreciate a filipino coffee so each one has their kind of own unique uh way of which they achieve quality filipino coffee mm -hmm. when your sweet tooth craving hits out the dough has you covered with over a dozen edible cookie dough flavors that nostalgic flashback to sneaking a taste of cookie dough is just one bite away their products are made with natural and simple ingredients that you can actually pronounce this family-owned and operated business handcrafts their products with pasteurized and heat treated ingredients making their cookie doughs completely safe to eat Dig into their classic flavors like chocolate chip or snickerdoodle or live on the wild side with their most eccentric and original creations like Greek goddess or twisted chocoholic stream. And with gift packs as little as two pints all the way up to their sampler packs in nine, 12, or even 24 jars, you can create your own custom assortment any way you like it. And do not worry. Huh? See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> Those of you with good. gluten and dairy allergies or sensitivities, you're not left out either. With up to a dozen vegan or gluten-free options, you too can indulge in this once forbidden sweet treat. But that's not all, Elise. <laughs> Be sure to head over to altadoe.com backslash shop and use the coupon code AZNCOFFEECO at the checkout for $15 off your first order. Wow. That's... that's go. <laughs> that's O-U-T-T-H-E. D-O-U-G-H dot com slash shop and use the coupon code A-Z-N Coffee Co. at the checkout for $15 off your first order exclusion supply. Visit outthedough.com for details. Out the dough, edible, bakeable, and shareable cookie dough. Happy eating. Um, like we said, the coupon code is A-Z-N Coffee Co. for $15 off your first order. Uh, we'll link that in the show notes as well, but definitely go check them out. And thanks again, Angelo and Out the Dough for sponsoring our episodes. Okay, so kind of like 
what Jonathan said, there's some challenges for sure. Yeah. In um, the Philippines re- with regards to coffee. And we're just going to barely scratch the surface into this. And we'll probably break it down even more on ways we can help in the next part. But um, in September 2020, a lawmaker, which is uh, Representative Sharon Guerin, um, I'm not even going to pronounce this this governmental party. Uh, <laughs> there's like eight acronym, eight letter acronym. Um, they, she filed the Coffee Industry Development Act. First of all, the fact that someone in the Philippines is even just filing this, like, law to further coffee. Coffee? It's just amazing. It's dope. Um, so it's a bill seeking to create a national program that will help develop the country's coffee industry. Mm. Like, that's just incredible. Um, but it's because there's some challenges. And so Garin pointed out that there is a high demand for locally produced coffee. She said, quote, the Philippines produces around 30,000 metric tons of coffee per year, but the local demand reaches 100,000 metric tons. Frick me. She also said that local supply cannot fulfill local demand and that we have to import coffee just to meet it. So it's really interesting because there's such a huge demand and yet the Philippines grows just not enough coffee to meet it, basically, is, is the idea. Yeah, which probably plays a part in like how much we're paying farmers because like farmers are like why well, do this if i'm not getting paid enough right right or, or even like you're working the land so much and yet nothing is depends on the land too that's something you have to think about yeah so um so the fact that we get to enjoy coffee here in the united states when there's so much local demand in the philippines um is kind of like a big deal and like how jonathan said it's really really hard to get coffee out of the philippines so yeah like like an example is like when we we met with we met with jonathan back in back in june right and and he we we talked about this bag collab this is like the the baby stages of this and he's like hey it's on the boat hopefully it gets here mid-july and then we have to really have to roast it obviously and this could be ready by august right and no fault on them but it's like it's october now and we just got the coffee like it just the boat took forever there was there was like tax issues and stuff like importing issues so it's like really hard to to get this right now yeah and And COVID plays a part yeah of course COVID always plays a part especially in the last few years or so or not a few years well obviously it's the few it's It's only been a thing for two years so (laughs) but um (laughs) wear a mask <laughs> so in addition to but shut up. In addition to um you know our specific bag of coffee from the Philippines, uh out of office also imported coffee for um another collaboration of bags of coffee of uh, Filipino coffee. Um so you know that also probably took forever as well and like getting it all at the same time just to put it out for which I think is very timely, um Filipino uh, um American Heritage Month. Uh, so yeah, all that's to say is just like it's a really rare but incredible opportunity to be able to have this coffee with us in the United States. And first of all, to even like get a chance to represent the coffee too, it's just it's just a a real honor. So anyway, um, but there are other ways that that we can help too. And we also want to highlight some people and some shops who are who are doing doing the work um, to help like inc- meet this demand um, and further the betterment of coffee in the Philippines. But we will get to that next time. And for us, it's like five minutes from now. <laughs> but you have to wait a week so or two. Or a couple days, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it. Because I feel like if you waited two months for this, you should wait like two days for this. That's we'll true. See. That's fair, yeah. We'll <laughs> see. All right. All right. Peace out. We'll see you guys next time. A-town. Thanks again to Uzuhan and Out the Dough 
um, just as our partners and of course out of office. Definitely go check out a bag. We'll link them all in the show notes. But um, we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.